Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, uh, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast slash video uh, and I'm Rob Tanner. I'm joined today by James Sharpen Sharp. We're going to be dissecting uh, Leicester City's opening day defeat at Arsenal, and it's a bit of a case of the same old story, isn't it? James going to uh, Arsenal, performing quite well, coming up short in the end. Yeah, I mean it's getting it's happened since four years in a row now, isn't it? So the one four years ago where they were two down at half time, but fought back, and Andre Kramerich almost got them back into the game under Nigel Pearson and lost that one. Then the title-winning season, of course, where Danny Simpson got sent off and it, Arsenal won in the final minute and celebrated like they won the league and did their dressing room selfies and their laps of honour. Uh, then last season again, it's just another one of those games where Leicester always lose at Arsenal, always late on. and It's just really, really frustrating. Well, it must be for the, the players as much as the uh, as the, the supporters that uh, travel to the Emirates for a Friday night game. First on Premier League, it's kicked off on a Friday. I'm not a big fan of Friday night football. I think Friday night's for the poor, not for watching football, um, because it makes all sort of problems for travelling fans. But uh, it was a familiar tale. Um, Robert Huso goal last year as well. Yeah, a bit, of, bit of disappointment. But every time uh, they've had a disappointment at Arsenal, they've bounced back. It's led to something positive. If we to go back to that first season... It was the first time they used the three centre-back system mm-hmm. and they went on the great escape run then after that and then obviously that the Arsenal selfies uh, after Simo was sent off yeah. and um, that, uh, that kick-started City and they admitted afterwards that sort of really galvanised yeah. them to go on and win the title and last season they won, they won back-to-back games after the Arsenal defeat to, to ensure they weren't going to get dragged into that relegation dogfight. So have we seen any positives from the game that would give us belief that they can go on a, a nice run now after the Arsenal disappointment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, after defeats like this, you're always, when it's so late and it's at Arsenal and you've scored three away from home and you're in the lead with 10 minutes to go, afterwards, the, the, the first sense is one of real bitter disappointment and how another one slipped away and what a great chance that was. But when you, when you reflect on it afterwards, there are plenty of things that you can draw upon. Um, I thought Matty James was excellent. It's been... So long since um, he had the chance to, to, to start in Leicester's midfield. And I thought he was really, really excellent. And he's going to give um, Shakespeare a few headaches when Danny Drinkwater comes back in. Harry Maguire, I know he got bullied for the Olivier Giroud's goal, which was a fantastic header. But he again looks like he's settling in well at Leicester City. And that, that was a positive. But Mark Albrighton's delivery from out wide was absolutely fantastic. His, his kind of assists for those goals, crosses for Vardy, um, that they, they, that was excellent as well. So lots of positives to take. It's just it's just those defensive lapses. You, you can't defend like that against teams like Arsenal and, and expect to come away with with anything. And that's the one thing that Shakespeare maybe spoke about afterwards, getting on the training ground and sorting that stuff out. Those defensive errors, they're going to have to have to sort those out uh, before. Before long, before before too long. Jamie Vardy, of course, another great, well, another, another great for positive. me was the, the, the I mean, really big. Positive. He'd not scored. I mean, he'd not scored in pre-season. He'd missed um, missed a couple of really good chances in pre-season to get off the mark. And there was a 
a few questions of, oh, will, it, will he be up to full sharpness when the season starts? If he's not quite scoring these these chances, getting pre-season, all those questions were answered straight away, weren't they? Mm. He looked absolutely razor sharp. He looked he looked like the, the body we all know and love, and causing defenses real, real problems. Well, there was, and it was an easy outlet for the Leicester players. If they were in trouble, they could put the ball in behind, mm. and he would chase it and put people under pressure, force mistakes, get them to play a bit further up the pitch. He was electric all mm. night, and uh, the only downside, the only one opportunity was when Mares, who had a really quiet game until about a 15-minute spell in the second half, when he played Vardy through on goal, and Czech was able to come out and, mm. and and clear. I mean, that was a good opportunity for Vardy. But besides that, he was clinical, great header for the the second one to divert it into the bottom corner as well. And he was the big positive for me. Uh, agree with you, Matty James. Great to see him out after 825 days out <laughs> since he started a, a Leicester game. Uh, Vicente Abora well will be challenging there. I think his injury late on sort of changed uh, Shakespeare's thinking how he was going to actually line up on the day. Uh, let's talk about Riyad Mahrez though because mm-hmm. um, Riyad had a really uh, quiet game, certainly in the first half. He showed glimpses in the, in the second half um, but it wasn't the sort of performance that's going to convince Arsenal to pay Leicester City's asking price for him. No, and I think he'd had such a bright pre-season. He'd been Leicester's most creative player in pre-season by, by quite some distance and people were thinking, oh this is Maybe Riyad's getting he's getting back to that form that we saw a couple of seasons ago. Maybe he's trying to push himself closer to the front window of the shop to to see if people want to buy him. So all the signs were really positive going into that Arsenal game, but once again it was the it was the performance of the Mahrez we saw last season, um, getting marshalled out, getting closed down by numerous defenders, not finding a way through, not being able to offload the pass, um, trying a bit too much getting frustrated um, and when he gets frustrated it, he's always got that body language that even when he's playing well he looks like he doesn't really care and he's got the kind of the languid shoulders when it isn't going well and, he, and he's looking like that the body language doesn't come across well doesn't come across like a player that's really fighting for his place in the side or fighting even for, for a move away so if I was well, if I was Roma or Arsenal or anyone that might be interested in buying him from that performance you wouldn't think do you know what? Wilston put forty-five million quid for this bloke. Didn't really give you that sense. No, and I, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's it's a very different scenario to the one that Swansea find with Guilford Sigurdsson and uh, Southampton with Van Dijk. Um, I thought Mares, if anything, was trying too hard in the in the game when he was on the ball. He was trying things that I mean, instead of keeping it simple, he was trying things that are a bit more complicated. So I think it's a completely different scenario to those other ones where players have admitted they want to leave the club. Uh, may feel aggrieved that they haven't had their, their moves away. Uh, I think Mares is, is playing. I think it's getting to the stage now with Mares. There's nobody else coming for him after the bids for Roma uh, that we're aware of. Mm. Um, I think it's come to the stage now where Mares just has to accept that he might not get his move in this window. Knuckle down. The best thing for him to be for him will be when the window shuts and he can just focus on his football again and get back to being the Riyad Mahrez we saw uh, the season before last and then he will get his move away from Leicester City but uh, we'll see how that, how that pans out um, we have got some transfer news yep. today we have got some transfer news Tom Lawrence set to join Derby it's been a strange one only three years with the club and he's made four appearances only one start yeah he's had as many he's had as many loan spells away from Leicester as he has had first team opportunities which is really disappointing for a player that signed from Manchester United with a really high reputation I remember at the time three years ago a lot of my Manchester United supporting friends on that deadline day were texting me saying you've got an absolute bargain here for a million quid like he, he's really highly rated um, 
we think he's going to have a really really bright future. We can't believe that because it's, it's the same day that they loaned Nick Powell, didn't they? Mm. And they were saying we can't believe that Powell's gone on that it's not Lawrence on loan and not Powell because Lawrence was the one with a really bright future. Wales international, but in, in the same way he's fallen into the same line as Bartosz Kaputska and all those players that Kramaric as well to a certain extent that come in with relatively high expectations. Not obviously as high expectations as Kramaric did, but. Um, Never really seemed to be given his chance to perform. I thought he looked really good in pre-season. Um, Played a big part. In yeah, that MK Dons game. Um, there were very few bright things from that very dull game, but Lawrence's performance was definitely one of them. And we were talking afterwards um, after the game and saying that Lawrence had, had done enough really to put him ahead of you'd think Musa in the pecking order. It looked like he could be more dangerous than Musa, but it looks like Leicester have decided that it's time to cash in. So I spoke to Shakespeare afterwards and said. Is he, he's 23 now, is it at that point where a decision really needs to be made? And he said, we're going to keep looking at him in pre-season, I want to see if I'd rather him stay. But every player has a price, and if that price is matched, then we'll see. And it looks like that price has been matched, and, yeah. and it's going to go. It, I think I'd like to see more of him. I'd like to see him give, him more, give, him, give him more of a chance, but he's at that stage in his career now where he needs to be playing regular football, and is he really going to get that chance at Leicester? I mean, they paid reportedly paid £7 million for him, Derby, which is a... Big investment, but uh, if you look at his performances last season at Ipswich, when he was, they were pretty much a one-man team at yeah. times last season, I think you're pretty much guaranteed a player that's going to help you get promotion. Um, so we'll see how he best look to him at Derby County. It's a shame it yeah. didn't work out. But as you say, there's a number of players at Leicester City that you know are probably not going to feature that much this season. I mean, there's still question marks over the future of Papi Mendy and Ahmed Musa, whether we're going to see them after the uh, transfer window shuts. But... Um, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's talk about additions. I think we yeah. need a few more additions before the window shuts. We've just got two, just over two weeks now before the window closes. Do you think City needs to recruit now, having seen that Arsenal game? Yes, I do. I think we know we know they want another central defender. They've had a ten million pound bid rejected for Johnny Evans from West Brom, but I think that game showed that Leicester could really do with that with some more some more quality and. Potentially a little bit more youth in that cent- in that centre of defence. I can't see Johan Benelawan featuring at all. Um, whilst he, uh, you weren't there when we were at, um, at Burton and Shakespeare subbed him right at the end because he came flew in with a horrendous tackle, left the ground two-footed, wiped some bloke out in front of Shakespeare on the touchline before the referee had a chance to send him off. Shakespeare said, oh, I'll bring him off. And afterwards, when we spoke to him about it, he said quite vehemently, if he does not cut that out of his game, and he has that in his game, he will not play. So I can't see him featuring. Thought, I know Wes obviously missed the end of last season with with troubling in, niggling injuries. He didn't didn't seem to be back to his kind of imperious best. I thought he was a little bit a little bit struggled a little bit against Arsenal. Um, Huth obviously coming back from injury. Uh, I, I feel like Leicester need another centre back um, to to come in. Well, Sonny Kletchi and Atjo. That's given him another option in attack That's as true. well, and we we, we uh, haven't seen a lot of him yet. Obviously, he's still being nurtured by Craig Shakespeare because he's missed parts of uh, preseason because of his protracted nature of his transfer here. Mm. But I think now with Ian Acho on board, and uh, you've got Slamani, Ijoa, Shinji Okazaki, who I thought was uh, very good mm. as well, deserved to mention the Arsenal game his goal as well. Uh, I think City have got some decent striking options now. Um, midfield, we know they've got plenty of options. I take, like all every club, though, it's a question of injuries and suspensions. If they can avoid injury suspensions, 
they've got the players I think to do quite well and I know we're going to be predicting where we think Leicester are going to finish and where everybody's going to finish <laughs> after one round of games I know we're going to do that we're going to have a go and see at the end of the season if we've got that right my money's on Man City by the way uh, but um, no, it was a strange old weekend let's talk about some of those results because it was a strange weekend wasn't it? Burnley winning at, at, at Chelsea and then you got Huddersfield shocking uh, Palace and it took some interesting results on the opening day it was a strange one yeah well after Leicester's crazy game on the Friday night I thought that that was probably going to be the weirdest game of the weekend but it, obviously it wasn't um, Chelsea now join an exclusive club with Leicester as being the only champions to lose the first game of their title defence um, that was strange it, it's, Chelsea seems like an odd thing going on um, with the whole Costa situation and Matic being allowed to go to Man U, who was br- he was brilliant in their win over West Ham. Uh, that was, was that strange. Burnley again, brilliant from set plays. Um, like I say, we're looking at we're going to look to see where teams are going to finish uh, this season. And looking at them, there's a lot of much of a muchness teams in there. And you look at these teams and you think Leicester should really finish them. You take out Man City, Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. Maybe Everton with the summer they've had, although I'm still not convinced by them. Um, I'm not convinced Wayne Rooney's going to score 20 goals a season for them. Uh, you look at all the other teams and you think Leicester really should should be be better than them, uh, which would which would suggest an eighth place finish, which is um, which would be excellent, I think. But yeah, it's been it's been an entertaining start to the to the Premier League weekend. There's uh, certainly nothing to fear. No, from what I, saw, I didn't see any side that I thought, wow, no. I don't want to don't really no, no, worry but, for Leicester yeah. City when they face them you know I think Leicester can be competitive this season mm. a lot depends as well on um, let's talk about Craig Shakespeare briefly as well because a lot depends on you know, his management ship this uh, this season there was some criticism with the substitution bringing uh, Nacho on for Matty James Tyree Matty James before um, Arsenal scored their equaliser on that what did you think? Well no hearing him speak afterwards he he took that on board and he said yeah I'll have to, I have to question myself there and about my substitutions and so they're done for the right reasons. Uh, Shakespeare was suggesting that it wasn't the substitution that had anything to do with those two goals. He was saying it was to do with clearing out at yeah. set plays. The yeah. corner came in, the ball was only half cleared, the defence went out as though it had been cleared and it wasn't, and the ball came back in and they scored. So Shakespeare's argument is that, well, that didn't really affect the goals, weren't, weren't necessarily the substitution. Um, it did seem it did it did seem a surprise because you'd have thought the natural replacement would be Andy King in for Matty James to keep that midfield compact because the Arsenal were overrunning Leicester at that point of the game. He wanted Ian Nacho on Granit Xhaka though, didn't he? Yes, he did. He wanted yeah. Nacho's youth and his pace to get around Xhaka and, and put him off. He didn't really have chances, did he? No, but he didn't even on the pitch about this. Yeah, I, I don't. I, personally, don't think this substitution made uh, a massive difference, in the, and I don't certainly don't think it changed the game in any way. Uh, but he's still got areas to learn. He's still, you know, yeah. we're, we're talking about his first season as a full-time manager now for Craig Shakespeare. So he's going to have to learn fast as well because this uh, league can punish you if you're just below par. But as we, as we uh, both agree, there's not a lot to worry about for, for Leicester City in the Premier League. They can have a decent season. Yes, yeah, true. Um, what do you make of this? Uh, we're talking about Matthew James and how he's given uh, Craig Shakespeare a lot of thinking to do ahead of. Uh, Abora and Drinkwater coming back with injury. What are you making of the of the of the Drinkwater and Chelsea links? Um, how are you, what are you making? Because it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's it's got to be a concern for um, uh, for Leicester that uh, these rumours are still persisting, and 
Uh, it might be a case that uh, Chelsea are looking to, well, they are looking to bring in a, a centre midfield player, but they have a number of options, and it's whether Danny Drinkwater is near the top of those options, or whether they're going to be trying to bring in alternatives, and then if they can't do, then look at Danny Drinkwater. But the fact that he continues to be linked with Chelsea, it's got to be um, a, a concern for City. They don't want to lose a player like of his ilk. He's uh, really flourished at, at Leicester City, and. Uh, for me, the transfer window can't close soon enough. Now they've done their major business bringing players in. They don't want anybody slipping out the door now. No, I, completely, I agree with you there. Um, Drink was obviously so crucial to how Leicester play, and um, it's just a key cog in the, the team that won the title, and um, uh, and obviously last season as well. And um, you would hate to see kind of hate to see a player of his ill depart because um, he's, he's so so crucial to Leicester, but. If I had to put my money on it, I would suggest he would be here at Leicester by the end by the end of the transfer window. And it's almost as if we plan these things that we're talking about drink water. Uh, and I finish by announcing drink beer. We've got a free beer offer. Uh, we have a sponsor now, Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. It is beer52.com. Uh, you get a free case of eight beers from around the world. Uh, all you have to do is go on the beer52.com website, subscribe, you get a free case of beer. Uh, you only have to pay the postage of packing, I think it's 5 95 for postage of packing. You register then, you become a member, and they send you options for uh, future packages of uh, beer being delivered. We've tried them in the office, it's all, it's all very good stuff. Uh, and what you have to do when you go on beer52.com is put in the magic word Leicester, and uh, you can register then and get your, your free beer. So free beer for everybody. And on that note, thank you very much, James. We'll join you again on Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. Uh, in the future and uh, check back on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page throughout the week for all the stories as we build up to Leicester City's first home game of the season against Brighton and Hove Albion.